What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Masters of the Cultureverse. You already know we're doing our rewatch of The Boys to prepare you for Season 2. Today we're going through Episode 3, Get Some. My name is Caleb Edward Edley, and I'm here with my co-host, Clay Stroman. As always, how you doing, Clay? Pretty good, Caleb. You ready to get some? Oh, yes. I'm always ready to get some. <laughs> so today's episode was written by George Masters and directed by Phil Sagricia. Sagricia? Am I pronouncing that somewhat correctly? I'm, I'm not Italian. I'm not sure Italian. why you're asking me. Because mm, you, you're white and it's closest to Italian thing that I have. It's an interesting way to uh, go about that. But I think, it, I think it sounded pretty good either way. All right. Well, that's who we got. Yeah. All right. And I've got my first trivia fact already lined up just based on the title. Ooh, wow. So the title of the episode is the title of issues 7 through 10 of the comics. So you know when they do trade paperbacks, they put a bunch of issues together. I'm assuming that trade is called Get Some. Okay. Good to go. I know. We got trivia right off the bat. So let's start off with this summary. It's the race of the century. A-Train versus Shockwave. Vying for the title of World's Fastest Man. Meanwhile, the boys are reunited, and it feels so good. I love these uh, little summaries they have. They just have a little personality, which I think fits with there's the a lot of There's a lot of flavor to it. <laughs> exactly. All right, so we're just going to jump right into the synopsis. Huey is shocked after killing Translucent and washes himself off. Meanwhile, Billy cleans up his remains with the help of Frenchie, who burns Huey's clothes. Both promise to take care of the situation caused by the death of Translucent. Frenchie agrees to go home with Huey to get more clothes. And that's our first little bit. I, I wrote in my notes here, Translucent's skin won't burn, so Billy says that they can slow him down. And he, he, The zinc box, right? Yeah, yeah, kind of like a Superman lead situation. Right. Superman can't see through lead. Uh, Homelander can't see through zinc. Um, but, but yeah, I thought it was interesting when they were cleaning up like his remains. Uh, you saw his hand, like they picked up his hand at one point, and it was still translucent, right. still like see-through. Um, I guess I figured that once he died, he would like kind of return to just normal skin. That's what I would have thought. Like it just reverts yeah. back. Yeah, and was he? What, so he was. I can't really remember. Was he invisible when he was walking out of the, no, the safe no, house or whatever? Actually, I don't think he was because he was talking to Huey. I'm pretty sure Huey was looking right at him when he pulled the trigger. Yeah. So. Yeah, that is that is interesting. Maybe it's like a maybe it's like an involuntary like defense mechanism or something like sure, that. Sure, like, like a turtle like going feels. into the shell or a porcupine with the quills. Well, more like a turtle since they described him like a turtle last time. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. <laughs> maybe the body like feels damage and he immediately goes into translucent mode. I don't know. That's a good as good as a guess that we're gonna get. I don't make the rules. You do. I just follow them. All right, that's good. We like rule followers. Meet. Meanwhile, at Seven Tower, Starlight meets with Madeline Stillwell and her team to discuss the date rape video. Stillwell reveals that the victim saw the video on YouTube and came forward, gaining her popularity and publicity. The team unveil a new uniform that's highly revealing, designed specifically for Starlight, but she refuses, believing it's not a reflection of her. Stillwell says that she cannot be a member of the Seven if she does not wear the outfit. How did you feel about that? Um, I mean, first of all, when they unveiled that outfit, you knew that good, like good little girl next door Starlight was not going to be about it, no. right? Um, she's got her like classic kind of superhero outfit, full body coverage with the cape and all that good stuff, and mm -hmm. they're basically putting her in um, like lingerie. Yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely not surprising that she wasn't about it. I thought it was super interesting how they were so um, obsessed with talking about like her polling numbers and things like that. Sure. And, 
because um, you know with this company it's all about PR it's all about that reputation and things like that and they actually get into that a little bit uh, more later on mm -hmm. but I also thought it was really funny to see those marketing guys in there yes they I were have like, my notes these two marketing guys are hilarious <laughs> yeah they're like the most over-the-top like <laughs> stars in their eyes for their ideas and things like that um, they were really funny but speaking of these marketing guys that brings me to my next trivia fact Vault oh, wow. marketing writers Seth and Evan were named after executive producers Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg well, there you go. There we go. Kind of, okay. kind of like um, super bad. Seth and Evan in that same, same, mm -hmm. same reason they were named. Absolutely. Um. Okay. One so, of one of the best movies of all time, by the way. That is a great movie. Just uh, it holds just up. Wanna, Very funny. Just want to put that out there. One of the most quotable movies of all time. I haven't watched it in a minute. I need to do a rewatch. Yeah, I think it's time. It is. We we can do it together one day, maybe. Okay. We'll see. Maybe we'll see how it plays out. <laughs> At home, Huey is disgusted at the amount of soup merchandise he owns. In a rage, he, tear down, he tears the posters off the wall and throws the merchandise around the room, before being brought back to reality by a photograph of Robin. Now, I wrote this reminded me of, uh, spoiler alert for Stranger Things, but Will, when he's breaking uh, Castle Byers with the, with mm -hmm. the bat, it's kind of the same thing. They're, they're both coming, to the, coming into their own, realizing that these childish kind of things are not going to help them moving forward, right? It's time to grow up. Exactly. Huey's father confronts him, questioning where he is going with a packed bag. Huey and his father argue, and Huey leaves with Frenchie, apologizing to his father. The dad here, he's still kind of treating him like a kid, right? And, and Huey's evolving, in it, literally in this moment. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely tell that. Um, his, what's his dad's name? Do we know that? Simon Pegg. I don't know his name. Yeah, yeah. So we can tell that Simon Pegg... Um, which Huey calls his dad. Um, <laughs> we can tell that he really doesn't want to let go of like baby Huey. Right. You know, he's still like his little boy. He's still feeding him pizza rolls. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes. <laughs> he said, I liked them when I was 12 or whatever age he threw out. But like, hey, I'll still eat some pizza rolls here and there. I do too, but they, they burn the roof of my mouth because I'm impatient. We just, you just got to be careful. And also there's a, there's a technique to it. So when they're fresh out of the oven, mm -hmm. you squeeze them, right? Open them up a little bit mm. and just like give it a nice little blow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll try yeah. that next time. And if I burn my yeah, mouth, yeah. I'm coming for you. I mean, that's fine. That's fine. I'll take, I'll take the responsibility for it. Good. At the juvenile detention center, Billy visits Mother's Milk, an old friend of his. Much to M.M.'s surprise, M.M. questions his motives as Billy invites him back to join the boys. M.M. says that he is happy and making a difference with the juvenile kids. Billy reveals that they killed Translucent and their plans to bring down the Seven, and perhaps even Vaught International, which is enough to convince M.M. That's an intimidating motherfucker. La he Lazo really is. Lonzo. Like, he is huge and, like, just, grrr, you know what I mean? Absolutely. I can definitely see him hanging out with Billy Butcher and just kind of fucking shit up. Oh, yeah, which we we do see eventually. But yeah. um, we got another mention here of the Mallory stuff that we still don't completely know. So it's just we know there's more people involved now, but we still don't have a full scope. So they're they're slowly leading us there. And they talk about it kind of a lot in uh, this episode and in the next episode. Yeah. Like each time they mention it, it's like another like piece of insight into what it's actually all about exactly um i have in my notes both have reasons to hate the soups becca and mm mm's reasons lies about frenchie um i i need to write more detailed notes because i don't know what the fuck i'm talking about there <laughs> um, wait what 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 was mm's reason i 
I think it was the Mallory stuff. Like he wanted to to get justice for whatever happened okay, in this Mallory right. incident. Right. So we don't really know for sure yet at right. this point. And then the lies about Frenchie, that's just uh, Billy being Billy to try to get the band back together. You know, he, he says that Frenchie wasn't involved. And... Well, he's got, well, M.M. has beef with Frenchie at this point. Sure, yeah. Homelander expresses the fear that Translucent could be dead given the failure of the tracking chip. Stillwell sarcastically retorts that his diamond skin will keep him safe. Stillwell hands Homelander talking points for the military contract, but he laughs, retorting that he can sell himself to the military without help. Mr. Edgar read them personally, is what uh, Stillwell says to him, and Homelander takes them back. So, all I've got here is Homelander hates this baby. This, this whole time, uh, Stillwell's holding the baby. Dude, he cannot stand this baby. He wants to laser the hell out of this baby. Right. Do we think that's like <laughs> a, um, a jealousy type thing? Like Homelander's supposed to be Stillwell's baby, and and this baby's getting all the attention that he should be getting? I think that's half of it. Okay. What's the other half? Um. So, like we, yeah, we've seen we've seen Homelander have uh, one or two like kind of sketch interactions with Madeline at this point, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so yeah, that's half of it. So the other half is that Homelander he just doesn't think too much of humans, sure. just in general. Um, he mentions the baby later on in the episode. He, I want to say he mentions the the senator guy, mm-hmm. um, and talks about how he's about to have like an aneurysm or something like that. Oh yes, yeah, because he, he was that. Him. Right, right. Was that who he was talking about for that? I'm pretty sure, yeah. Okay. So then, right after he says that, he mentions the baby, and he's like, and that damn baby. <laughs> like, these are just like, these are just humans. Like, why do we follow their orders? Right. So you can tell he's, like, lumping that baby in as, like, I don't know, like, kind of like a nutshell, like, representation of just people. Yeah, like, they're in helpless. his eyes, they're gods. They're, they're annoying. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, people are helpless. They're annoying. Yeah. You know, they're needy. Um, so yeah, he really hates this fucking baby. All things you want in a, in a superhero, right? Absolutely. And he, he makes for a really good superhero too. (laughs) In the back of a box van, M.M., Billy, Frenchie, and Huey stake out Popclaw's apartment. Popclaw is, uh, A-Train's girlfriend, remember? They plan to Mm -hmm. sneak into Popclaw's apartment to hack into her electronic devices and spy on her. They pose as Bryman audio workers who are upgrading the internet routers in the building. Huey is able to relay her webcam and other cameras in the apartment back to Frenchie and Huey in the surveillance van. On the way out, Huey literally runs into A-Train, who does not recognize him, much to Huey's surprise. Now, they got a lot of fucking cameras in this house. Like, I know it's, like, 2019 or whatever, and we're all, like, plugged in and shit, but, like, I can understand the laptop webcam, but I, I, in an apartment, there's no, like, all these cameras all over the house just for what? So we've got at least four cameras that we see, I want to say, like on the screen that they look at afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, let's count them up. So we've got the computer out in the living room. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them shows her laying on her bed in her bedroom. So mm-hmm. I'm going to assume maybe there's a computer in the room too. Okay. Maybe there's a laptop that's just sitting open in there. I guess. Um, what else did Huey mention when he was talking about it? Did he say something about TVs? Like he mentioned oh, cell yes, phones. Oh, yes, he did say something cameras. about smart TVs, but... I don't. I haven't seen any smart TVs with cameras in them. I'm not saying they don't exist, but maybe they have like a like a Kinect. You know what I mean? Okay, sure. Yeah. That that old like what was that? What was Xbox. That? What did that? It att- was it Xbox. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they have a they have a Kinect for the Xbox 360 in there, um, just sitting on top of their TV. Okay. So it's got a camera. That's that's they good. I'll Kinect. take that. Yeah. 
And then uh, M.M. M- and Frenchie fight. Uh, we hear something about Mallory's grandkids. And then I wrote down that he noticed something in the apartment, which I didn't realize what he noticed at first. But by the end of the episode, um, we figure out what that is. Her um, fix kit. Right, right. But um, I mean, that that seemed pretty, pretty like clear as soon as she brought it out. Didn't it? Yeah, but when yeah, but when he when uh, he looks at something and then the camera like cuts to whatever he looked at, I was looking at the outlet. I was like, "What what's up with this outlet?" I wasn't looking at uh, where the kit was, so I just like missed it. Gotcha. And then when gotcha. the end of the episode came around, I was like, "Oh, that's that's what he saw." Yeah, yeah they definitely been shooting up. Yeah, um, we got another trivia fact though. Uh, okay. I think it's MM who mentions Terminal Beauty three is one of his favorite movies or something. Um, yep, so Papa. yeah, so Terminal Beauty three is the third installment in the steamy Terminal Beauty trilogy. It stars Popclaw as a big city private detective who falls for a rambunctious con man played by Billy Zane. That's what I got. <laughs> That's awesome. Where did you even find that? IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Zane back in the mix. <laughs> right. We, we miss you, Billy. Come back. Oh man, I love that. He was uh, wasn't he Lex Luthor at one point? Was he Lex Luthor? In something? I don't know. I'm, picture, I'm picturing him bald. I'm not... He. It could have been... Here, you look that up. I'll read this next part, and you let me know. Okay. At, at Seven Tower, Queen Maeve trains when she receives a call from Homelander. He says he is worried about Translucent while he and Maeve deal with a sniper in a high-rise building. Homelander kills the sniper without hesitation as he expresses his hatred for Stilwell and Mr. Edgar, the owner of Vought. In order to make the killing appear to be self-defense, Maeve agrees to let Homelander shoot the sniper's gun into her chest several times. Although he was initially refusing to participate, Queen Maeve is able to convince Homelander to make an appearance at A-Train's fastest man in the world race. Queen Maeve says she is concerned about Homelander's ruthless killing. Alright, what'd you got on Billy Zane? <laughs> okay, so he was never Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. Um, he was, however, bald at one point, and when he became bald, the internet wanted him to be lex luther ah okay <laughs> and uh yeah so that's that's pretty much all there is to it <laughs> sign sealed delivered <laughs> very nice all right so about um, this next little section um i have a fact that i i remember reading i didn't put it in here but i just remembered it when i was watching um mm-hmm. that scene where we see her training you notice there's like a lot of cuts so we don't really get to see like a wide angle of all the action that's because right. the costume that Queen Maeve has to wear, the actress, I can't think of her name, but the costume she wears is so tight that she can't, she has very limited mobility. So they have to cut it really? like that to make the fight scene look real. That's that's pretty interesting because there isn't much coverage on that costume. So like her arms are mostly free. It's the tightness legs. of it. Like, okay, like that makes turning, sense. turning like this. I know the, uh, the uh, podcast listeners can't see me, but I'm doing a weird little turn. She can't do that. <laughs> that makes that makes perfect sense. Okay, um, um, but and I definitely noticed the cuts. I was just assuming that you know they didn't have good fight choreography or mm-hmm. like she wasn't she didn't like wasn't able to make it look good or something right. like that. So they just kept cutting it. Yeah, um, well, apparently it's the costume. Sense. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Homelander in this scene, he also mentions. I think he asked why we broke up or something, and I had mm-hmm. a question I wanted to post to you. So, uh, do you think them dating? was a Vought PR thing, or do you think it was like a legit relationship? I think that there's a very good chance it started as a Vought idea. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But it seems very clear that Homelander, like, is actually kind of obsessed with her. Right. Because he's a lunatic. Yes, yes. Um, very possessive. But she, yeah, yeah. And she, um, the comments that she was making made it seem like at least she was into it at one point. Right. Um, but I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Maybe we find I mean, out more about that. Because they, because Vought is so controlling about everything these heroes did, my initial thought was, oh, this must have been, like, a PR thing. Put these two really uh, popular heroes together. But then... Um, as I was watching, it seemed like they actually had a legitimate relationship. So, like you said, it could have started like that and then grew or, or whatever. I think it's a little bit of both. Yeah, I'll buy it. All right. Butcher and the boys watch Popclaw and A-Train through the hacked computer connection. A-Train frets about losing the race tomorrow, revealing that Stillwell told him he is out of the seven if he loses. A-Train considers using Compound V. When Popclaw says that the last time he used the substance he ran through Robin Ward... Popclaw is furious with A-Train after he says that she cannot go to the race with him tomorrow. She wants their relationship to be publicly known, but that requires Stillwell's permission, which A-Train refuses to request. Butcher decides that they must steal some of the substance for Frenchie to analyze. So, I mean, we just get kind of a glimpse into their relationship here. That's that's what this scene establishes. Um, yeah, it also does a good job of reestablishing the fact that A-Train is, in general, a huge douchebag. <laughs> yes. One, uh, probably one of the bigger douchebags on the seven. Like, um, Homelander, he's just kind of a psychopathic asshole, but, like, A-Train's a douchebag. Yeah, like, Homelander, I don't know that he can really help it that much. And right. I, I think we're going to, like, learn a little bit more about why he is the way that he is as it goes on. Mm -hmm. But A-Train, like, he's kind of just, like, a regular dude who is a douchebag. Right. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I'm fast. I'm an asshole. I get the ladies. I'm smooth. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. He was, yeah, he was misleading Popclaw about having asked Madeline's permission and, sure. and things like that. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned that he was considering using... Uh, compound V. He wasn't considering it. He was already set. He was like, where's the V? Yeah. Like, give yeah. me that shit. I don't shit. know why they put considering. Maybe he was considering uh, the day before, but at that moment in time, he, he really wanted the stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's got to win this race. He's yeah. not losing this shit. Yeah, is is this the part where he says if he's out of the seven, he's he doesn't want to be a washed up, like, D-list D hero, and she's like, like me? She's like, like me, and he's like, oh, you know that's not what I meant, right. but it kind of it kind of is what he meant. That's like it's exactly what he yeah, meant. No question. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm interested in the shockwave guy. Where did he come from? Like um, in the, I don't know. what do you mean? Like his backstory. So he's got sim. He's got similar powers to A Train. Obviously, mm -hmm. he can run fast. Mm -hmm. um, but he's not as I don't know. Did we even see where he finished in the race? Like A Train seems like he whooped his ass. Um, I believe they did have numbers up, and it was it was pretty close. I think if I'm remembering they, they showed they showed a train crossing the finish line and like he was nowhere to be seen he wasn't in the yeah he wasn't in the the shot right but I think so when they put the numbers up it was it looked closer than like what a visual representation looks like but I mean they're traveling so fast you got to think yeah but um yeah shockwave is actually made up for the show he doesn't exist in the comics so okay we'll probably unless he's in season two and has some bigger role than I don't think we're going to see him anymore. Is there a race in the comics? I don't know. I haven't read them. I just read that he um, he was a uh, creation of the showrunners. Gotcha. Oh, showrunners? Was that a pun? No, it wasn't, but I'll, I'll claim it. <laughs> Good one, man. Thank you. You're, hey, you're on it today. I'm so punny, I just they just come out without me even knowing. They really do. <laughs> the boys arrive at A-Train's race. 
Mother's Milk and Huey talk about Translucent's death, with Huey admitting that killing Translucent felt good. M.M. compares the rush Huey felt to the rush A-Train feels when he takes Compound V, which unsettles Huey. But he'll pay whatever price uh, because of Robin, right? Right, exactly. At the race, Queen Maeve interviews with a reporter saying that if the people want the Seven in the military, they should order Congress to put them there. Starlight gets harassed and tells a little girl to keep the old uniform because she likes it better than the new. Privately, Homelander questions why he and Queen Maeve broke up. I guess I uh, remembered it happening before it happened, but here it is. Meanwhile, Frenchie with Huey uh, distracting Starlight is able to sneak into A-Train's, cha- A-Train's cha- changing room. That's, that's a tough one to say. Looking for the compound. However, he is unable to find it. When Shockwave arrives at the race, A-Train darts away to take the compound V and is back in a blink. M.M., watching Popclaw on the CCTV, leaves the race before it begins. With help from the V, A-Train wins the race. And my note here says, you fucking cocksuckers, because that's the line that Homelander gives uh, after he's, like, riles up the crowd and he's just, like, waiting. He's like, oh, yeah. I mean, like we said, not a big fan of humans, that Homelander. No. Not a, not a great, not a great trait for a guy who's supposed to be, like, humanity's savior. Exactly, yeah. Um... But we can we can break down some stuff in here, I guess. Um, the 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 little girl talking to Starlight, I thought that was really nice, a nice touch. Um, yeah, I thought it was. I also thought it was nice. <laughs> um, I do wish we would have seen her kick that guy's ass, but of course she can't do that because that would be a PR. Right, nightmare. it's all about it's all about PR, and her um her agent was standing right there, and you know how pissed off she gets. Right. Um, but yeah, but yeah, it, it was, I mean, it was interesting to see, um, well, first of all, this girl coming up in that old uniform with Starlight wearing her new uniform, Mm -hmm. like the, it seemed like the little girl didn't even really like notice it at first, but then she was like, yeah, I'm saving up to get the new one. Right. Obviously that's like, that's like terrible for Starlight to hear. Obviously she still wants to keep her morals and she wants to be a role model and everything like that. And it's just, like, further cementing how, like, shitty it is to be part of the Seven, essentially. Exactly. Um, also, back to how people suck. Those guys in the crowd, uh, more douchebags. So many douchebags in this sh- in this show. It's yeah, kind of, like, the, the theme. The world is just full of them. Honestly, it is. Like, not necessarily just in the show, either. No, no, no. no. <laughs> in real life as well. <laughs> um. All right. In the surveillance van outside of Popclaw's apartment, Mother's Milk watches as Popclaw eyes a vial of the compound V. Annoyed by A-Train's remarks after the race, Popclaw injects the V, and Billy's gang watch as she works out, squat-pressing huge barbells. Mr. Lutz, Popclaw's landlord, knocks on the door asking for her rent. Inviting him in, Popclaw and Alec, I guess that's Mr. Lutz, partake in sexual roleplay, which eventually leads to her crushing his head while sitting on it. Billy and Frenchie rush in to use this to blackmail Popclaw into telling them everything she knows about Compound V. Yeah, she, like, fucking crushes this dude. So I was I was wondering if she had, like, claws down there. Oh. I thought it was just super strength. I think, I mean, I think it probably is, but I don't know. I don't, I don't really know where, like, does she just have the two arm claws? Is as, that it? As far as I know, yeah. What a stupid power. That's why she's a D-list hero. <laughs> Um, and and you said you were like so his name's Alec I guess that's you know Mr. Lutz or whatever uh-huh. um, I thought it was funny how she when she was like schmoozing him she mentioned like should I just call you Alec or should I say Alexander and he's like well it, 
Alec, but my real name's actually Alexi. Right. She's like, ooh, ooh, I like that. It's more exotic. <laughs> um, here's a trivia fact for you. As a visual reference for the moment when Popclaw engages in fatal cunnilingus, accidentally uh-huh. face-sitting her landlord to death, the special effects watched videos of watermelons being uh, crushed for a point of reference. So that's, okay. what looks like. that's what a watermelon would look like. That's kind of interesting because have you ever seen those videos of – it's this like one woman. She's got thighs the size of tree trunks. They're incredibly muscular, and she crushes watermelons between I've, her legs. I've not seen that, but I know what I'm looking up as soon as we're done. <laughs> um, you might want to look for it in an incognito window. Ah, one of those types of videos. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It, like, it was like going around social media and stuff. Gotcha. No, that's interesting. Um, but on that note, um, I do want to mention when it was either Billy or it was mother's milk who mentioned like, um, if you don't follow along with our plan here, then you're going to be able to find this on websites under like fatal cunnilingus or something like that is what he said. Ah, that's where that, that so he was, yeah, so he was, so he was going to put that up on Pornhub. Good old Pornhub. God, what a, what a company, like how much, how much do you think they're worth? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's wild to me. I don't. I don't. I don't have any way to know that. You don't. You never um, get curious. Although I do see, I do see social media posts from them that like come across my Twitter feed, mm-hmm. and they're actually a pretty like influential, socially conscious company. Like from what I've seen. Uh, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like they're they're like on it. Yeah, I don't know how many like premium accounts they're selling. I do know that they were giving them away for free at the beginning of quarantine, which is just, again, just such a socially responsible thing to do. What a gift. How, how generous they are. Yes, yes. So gracious. <laughs> Our last little bit here. Homelander in the deep shows Stillwell a box containing translucence remains. The deep reveals a spray-painted message inside the lid of the box, which reads, Coming for you. So that's that's how the episode ends. We see uh, the deep in Homelander finding translucent, and we get that message. So I want to know. So he said a dolphin found it, yep. right? How though? Yeah. Did he just say like, "Hey, go look for something uh, suspicious"? I'm sure there are tons of boxes down there, right? Treasure chests and stuff like that. Of course. So this dolphin just bypassed it. This dolphin searched through like probably 20 different chests. <laughs> And then finally found one that had a invisible dead body in it. Do we think the dolphin opened the chest before telling the deep? No, definitely not. Oh, okay. <laughs> this dolphin just ran across some box and was like, "Hmm, maybe the deep would like this." He, he you know, he does about boxes. He also likes dolphins a lot. Right. A little. And in not just a, a platonic way. Well, does he, or does the, uh, or does Homelander just kind of? insinuate that saying go stick it in the blowhole or something is i thought that was kind of like a dig does he actually like well well we'll talk more about it in episode four Mm. when when they actually get into that a little bit there's a conversation that he has with the dolphin that is pretty telling okay i will be very interested to hear that conversation i guess have you not watched episode four no i have we're about to talk about episode four of course i've watched it yeah i'm playing coy i'm playing coy (laughs) You get the the fish reference, okay. koi, koi pond, koi fish. Wow, dude. That was another pun. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Playing koi. <laughs> dude, again, you're just on it today. It's ridiculous. You're next level. 
I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> Did you have any uh, closing remarks for this episode? Um, no, not really. <laughs> no, it's just, I mean, this is the episode where we learned a lot about Compound V. Like, that's, that's part of what's running this entire thing. Mm-hmm. Um, we now have kind of ideas in the air that maybe all the soups are on it, and mm-hmm. that might be why they're soups in the first place. We don't really know. Yeah. So this was kind of just, I feel like this episode was more about just kind of like moving the plot forward versus like big events happening. Same, same. I feel the exact same way. We were just getting information that we'll, we're going to need for later in this episode. Um, right, right. Because the, the biggest thing that happened was the race. And that right. took and all there of was like a, there, five minutes. The race itself took all of like five milliseconds. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so yeah, this was, it's just an episode to give us some, some information that we're going to need to come, which those episodes yeah. are also nice um, because they, they give you a, a relaxing break when there's been a lot of action or you're just getting into a world. This is episode three. So we've gotten a lot of world building in the first two episodes. So this one was just kind of our like, all right, take a breath. Yep. Um, and did we mention anything about Huey and uh, Annie slash Starlight like having their little moment in this one? We did, their... we did not. We did not. Go ahead and talk about that. Yeah. So, um, so it, it's when uh, it's when Frenchie's in the locker room, mm-hmm. right? He's he's looking for the compound V, and Huey has to kind of stall Starlight after she has that whole incident with the little girl. She's like, "I need a minute." She goes to the locker room, mm-hmm. uh, the dressing room, whatever. And uh, Huey's got to pull her aside. He's like, "Annie, wait a second, Annie." Like he didn't even know that she was Starlight until he saw her here. Right. He walks up to her, you know, he's got Billy in his ear saying, look, we got a staller, we got a staller, like he's still in there. Um, so yeah, they had this moment where he realizes that she's starlight. Um, she was obviously not expecting to see him there and obviously had no idea why he was there. Um, and then he asks her if he can buy her a really expensive beer. And she says, how about some really expensive nachos to go with it? Very and cute. Uh, they have, yeah, they have their second little moment. Very, very cute. Yes. And yeah, similar to uh, her moment with the little girl er- earlier on, it's just nice it is it's very nice well i think this has been a nice episode what do you think yeah i think so too i think so too this that's kind of the overarching theme of this um (laughs) it's just nice it should that should be the subtitle get some nice nice get some but nice yeah exactly (laughs) yeah well we want to thank you guys for listening to us uh make sure you check out tomorrow we're gonna have episode four the female of the species up um, I'm Caleb. That's Clay. We're the Masters of the Cultureverse. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at masters.cultureverse. And we'll see you guys later. Thanks for joining us. Take a dish and I can go.